just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Next Level Guy Show podcast with your host Ian Dawson McKay. Today's guest is Jack Donovan. So I'm going to read from Jack's about page because I found it truly epic. Jack Donovan is the author of The Way of the Men, a straightforward, politically incorrect theory of masculinity that has become an underground hit around the world. Donovan has been blogging, writing and speaking about masculinity and tribalism since for over a decade. He lives in the Pacific Northwest, where he leads a chapter of the infamous Wolves of Vernland, an esoteric tribe of Germanic pagans. I don't know if I need to say anything more as an intro for such a man. In this interview, we discuss masculinity, why masculinity isn't a dirty word, and why we should all undertake our own journey to become better men and, in turn, more masculine men. This interview was quite a surprise for me. I'd read a lot of Jack's material and I wasn't quite sure about it, but the more I investigated him and researched him and spoke to him, I really understood his message and it was really eye-opening and inspiring the message he's putting out. If you can get past the, the BS way that we look at masculinity in today's society, I think you can take a lot from this and realise, like I did, that Jack's message is awesome and it's one that all men should have. But before we get into that, a quick word about our affiliates. I've managed to build up some great relationships with some awesome companies. These allow me to obtain special discount codes, deals and listener exclusives. So if you'd like to know more, please go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates for further information. All sales made through my affiliate links will be put back into the um into the website, into the podcast and developing it so all commissions will help me make this a better podcast for you. I am particularly loving the Gains Box and its awesome fitness goodies which is delivered straight to your door. Another is the OMG Yes website which is a video series on how to truly pleasure a woman and my marble apparel jeans that feel so comfy but they show off muscular gains in all the right places. Trust me. For these and so much more simply go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates and see the great deals. And now, let's get to the interview with Jack. I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did interviewing him. Well, thank you very much for agreeing to do this. So if we met in a bar or another sort of generic location and I asked you what you did and why you're so well known, what would you say? Well, I guess I would say I usually tell people I'm an author. Uh, you know, I write books for a living. And, uh, and I think uh, why I'm so successful is uh, really because I say things that a lot of men think and uh, don't say. I, I think I somehow am able to uh, channel the way they see the world and uh, articulate it in a way that they uh, wish they would have said themselves. So was there a point when you were growing up that made you want to go into masculinity? You know, was there... A defining moment that you know maybe you felt you weren't as manly enough or that you weren't the man that you wanted to become you know can you remember that point or was it a, a general interest well i was already always really confident in whatever i was doing whether it was masculine or not uh but uh 
I would say that uh, I was always interested in uh, gender and the ideas that that surround that and gender and sexuality and things like that. And then uh, when I got to be about 30, I realized that a lot of things that I dismissed really as a younger man, uh, I started to appreciate the importance of them. So uh, I started to investigate uh, really why people, you know, talk so badly about masculinity, uh, why people have such a strong reaction uh, to it. And, uh, and some of the positives uh, that I think come from actually uh, striving to be a better man uh, kind of called to me, and I started to investigate it and realized that uh, when it comes to the answering question, uh, what is masculinity, most people don't have a very good answer, and that's why I think they're very easily manipulated. And it's certainly something we're seeing more and more in today's society. You know, um, Would you look at masculinity, for example, as being dumbed down or neutralized in you know, TV, films, and that sort of thing? Um, I mean, not so much dumbed down, but uh, I, I, I guess softened, uh, I think, more than anything. I mean, uh, it's it's kind of made into a joke, um, you know, especially in, in television and movies and things like that. Uh, you know, you always have the, uh, uh, the, the, the smart lady cop who's always better than all the other guy cops, no matter what. And then uh, you have, uh, you know, these uh, 110 pound girls beating up guys in the street and it, all kinds of crazy things uh, that you see in movies and, uh, and television. You always have the uh, uh, the, the know it all mom who, who just laughs at the, the, the husband who can't can't seem to figure anything out in life and somehow makes it along. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you see that a lot in the world. And uh, I, I think uh, what you see in mainstream society, well, I wouldn't say mainstream society, so much as mainstream discourse, which I think is different uh, when you talk about like the mainstream media and uh, what opinions are acceptable and marketable. Uh, I think that you'll find a lot of people who uh, will soften masculinity by saying, you know, there are different kinds of masculinity and, and uh, masculinity is evolving. And it's just a way to be overly inclusive because when you're marketing things, you want to be overly inclusive and you don't want to make people feel bad because you want them to make, make them feel good by uh, and in, include them in what you're selling. And I think that that's why all these, this inclusivity that you see uh, in, in all throughout society is really more about marketing than I think it is about ideology. So if you had to define masculinity in a few sentences, you know, like, can you define it in a very specific way or is it quite, you know, is it just what makes us part of men? Um, I, I don't know. I've never been able to get it down to a few sentences, but uh, I think in my book I, I bring it down to masculinity, what men perceive as being masculine in each other are the things that they needed from each other to survive throughout our evolutionary history. Uh, you know, things like strength and courage and uh, competence. I mean, those are the things that men have always demanded from each other in a stressful situation. And I think that men still evaluate themselves by those, those kinds of things. And, uh, uh, so, you know, I think there's strong parameters for it that haven't changed and they, they never change because that's, they're actually biologically part of who we are. Uh, when you talk about strength, men are stronger than women on average. That is part of masculinity at its most extreme point. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true of courage. Uh, you know, men are less risk averse and have been pushed to take risks more and more throughout evolutionary history because they, they had to do the riskier jobs. And again, that's always been true. It's not suddenly not true because we're living in an age where we're very protected and we don't have to take any risks. It's still what masculinity is. 
you know, and, and, uh, and so that, that's really how I'd answer that question. I think there, there are some basic things that have never changed. I think, uh, in ancient Greece, I think that you could have said, uh, is it, is being a man the same as being strong and courageous? And the answer would have been yes mm. to most people. You know, I, I don't think that has changed a whole lot. Because when I was growing up, I loved, you know, sort of ancient Rome, Sparta, you know, ancient Greece, these sort of things. And there was always the the strong, dominant men. And that's really kind of not acceptable now. You know, it's like you were mentioning with the TV programs, the that kind of character is always the dumb jock or the the idiot who can't figure things out. When you were growing up or, you know, from your research, are there certain people that you look to as role models of true masculine energy? Well, I think, I mean, most of history is full of men, full with true masculine energy. I mean, really, I mean, at least what we, because you don't hear about the losers in history, right? I mean, you just hear about the winners. So you have a lot of guys actually who are winning, Um, you know, from, uh, I mean, I, I, I've always, and I, I gave a, a copy of this poem to my nephews actually this year, uh, that uh, read your clip Kipling poem. If I think is, which is really more about leadership as much as masculinity, but it's 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 really fantastic poem, and I think that really captures a lot and, and it communicates a lot to most people about uh, what I think they have always believed that being a man is. And uh, other than that, I mean, obviously, yeah, you have the great uh, the great military cultures tend to be the ones that you can pull the most from like you said uh, sparta and rome and greece and uh uh you know germany and and uh you know there's you know cultures in which men were forced to be strong and, and expected to be strong i obviously have that ethos uh, built in and uh so you can pull from so much of so much of that i mean i i also enjoyed uh, the writing of uh, jack london uh, for that reason. And that was actually one of the things that got me uh, uh, started down this path. Uh, you know, the way he talks about uh, kind of uh, masculinity and the way I think that he, uh, Jack London talks about the kind of the, the, the problem that modern men have. Uh, you know, kind of his characters often tend to be, especially in my favorite book, The Sea Wolf, uh, his characters tend to be this uh, uh Man who's, you know, man of letters, this man who's been very sheltered and very civilized, uh, getting pushed into a situation where none of that matters and uh, where he has to struggle to survive like his ancestors did and has, has to deal with hard situations and hard judgments and and uh, and uh, force himself to kind of become a stronger person and a stronger man. And and uh, and I think that those kind of situations can, you know, kind of answer a lot of the questions that we have personally, I think as, as men living in the modern world who don't aren't in hard situations all the time. And I mean, that's something I loved about your stuff was that you're actually addressing who we are, where we fit in the world, our tribes, that sort of thing. Because I see so many guys who are just lost. Like I was like that myself. I, I felt like I was a good person, but I wasn't a good man. I didn't seem to fit into the stereotypical, what we consider manly nowadays. You know, do you think that's where modern men struggle? Um, do we don't have rites of passage? We don't have clearly defined boundaries between childhood, to, you know, because of like such an easy life, technology, abundance of food and that sort of thing? Oh, absolutely. I mean, in many cases, they're actually encouraged not to become masculine and that and, and they're told uh, that masculinity is bad and that becoming a man isn't a thing. You know, it's that, that it's just a fake 
uh, imaginary thing. And, and, uh, and, you know, if that, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, because if you believe that it's actually true. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, we, we, we all deal with that, uh, reality, uh, of, uh, that the world is not, uh, is not inclined to, to push us to be more masculine. So I think that, uh, one of the things I've been talking about and writing about my new book is that, uh, um, you know, that is a choice. And, uh, you know, if you decide that being masculine is something that's important to you, that's your value and you can't expect affirmation from the rest of the world from it, but, uh, you can still push yourself to be as masculine as you can be within the parameters that are allowed to you basically by society, which is unfortunate that there aren't, there aren't a lot of parameters. There isn't a lot of room for masculine men in society, but you can't expect society to think about things the way you do. And that's always a failing answer. I think in life is that, uh, you know, you know, waiting for society to approve of whatever you do. And that's the thing is we nowadays, we look to other people for permission to do what we want in life. You know, it's like, it's or do what's acceptable. And, and sadly, nowadays, it seems to be watching garbage TV, drinking yourself into stupors, taking drugs to hide the pain. Yeah. So how can we recreate these kind of rituals? You know, you see, you hear these tribesmen who have to go into the jungle and, you know, hunt a certain thing or they have to go away by themselves. There's all these kind of what we see as out there you know rituals to manhood how can we recreate that in our flashy lives you know how can we become men again well there's kind of an organic way that you can do that in terms of uh you know which is not decisive uh you know the thing about ritual is that it's decisive uh that kind of transform initiation is decisive uh you start at one side and you end on the other side and uh with uh, most people are not going to be able to find that. So what you have to do really is push yourself into situations that you're uncomfortable with. And slowly you do become more confident, uh, in your own way, uh, from doing that, whether it's, you know, like taking martial arts and getting punched in the face a lot, or, uh, you know, like, you know, pushing yourself to compete in something you were really comfortable doing. Uh, you know, that, that kind of stuff going, going out and, and, uh, kind of, uh, making different kinds of friends than maybe you or have people who aren't going to necessarily support your weakness and are only going to be impressed by your strength. Uh, you know, those, those kinds of things, uh, you can kind of have your own initiation in that way. But I think a, a real initiation really comes from a tribe or a group of people, uh, really an honor group. And, uh, so you need that honor group. You need a bunch of other people who are aligned on the same values, uh, to really make that transformation happen. Uh, and then, uh, you know, as they accept you into their group, or if you're creating your own group, then you, uh, you know, you have to set that up. You have to have a barrier for entry to people. Uh, you know, so, you know, on the other side of this group, you know, on the other side of this initiation, you are outside and now you're part of us and here are our values and you have to work to show you those values to get to the inside. And I think that that's something that you have to go through. Uh, and a lot of us have to go through it at adults. I mean, people do it in like fraternities and things like that. But I think those, as much as they say they're forever, I think they're very temporary. It seems like for most people, you know, they join a fraternity in college and then, you know, if they just have a drinking buddy they, who is in the same fraternity every so often for the rest of their lives, it's not like, uh, I, I don't think they're, it, it's not a complete tribe in the way that they're completely committed to each other forever. Yeah, uh, but, uh, you know, they do have those uh, kind of initiatory experiences for people that they can still go through. But I think that, uh, you really need, uh, you know, a, a really solid group of people who are really on the same page to kind of put you through 
to kind of haze you a little bit. And I don't like hazing me in the sense of uh, I personally, I, I, I don't, I'm not into the like, let's be ridiculous for the sake of being ridiculous. And let's just like make fun of somebody. Uh, let's just, uh, you know, I, I'm not really into that. I, I that personally, I, I don't like the, uh, like embarrassing people as part of a, of, of a process. I, I'd like intentional processes, um, in which they're forced to confront, you know, their own weakness, I think is much, is much more useful personally. Yeah. I mean, and how can you give an example of how you created your tribe? Because, you know, if you go onto your Instagram, for example, you know, mm-hmm. you have these rituals, you have these amazing visuals, you there's so much change and like, you know, brotherhood and there's a bond there. Can you can you go into an example of how you found these sort of people? How, you know, how can guys listening start trying to find that kind of friendship in their life to really become who they're you know who they should be yeah well i mean it is it's hard to start from scratch uh i did not create my own tribe i uh, I, I joined one and then i uh, you know started building my own chapter as after i was already uh, a, a member uh, of, a, of another tribe uh so uh when i went and found out the group that i'm part of uh, the wolves of inland um you know that that was something because i i felt strongly that uh you know, like everything we're saying, like I felt like I needed that kind of tribe and I need that kind of experience. And that I, I think that it, it's important for, it was important for my development as man, but also because I just thought it was what was right. And, uh, so, you know, I, I sought that out. Um, and you know, I, obviously as, as time goes on, there's always a discussion of, of how you create those rituals because it's going to be different for every group. You know, I mean, uh, it depends what your values are, uh, as to what, uh, and that's an ongoing discussion because you're not receiving these values from tradition necessarily. Uh, because if you were, then you wouldn't have to, we wouldn't have this discussion. They'd already be in place. Uh, so no matter, I mean, cause I, I have guys who are like, uh, you know, really into Christianity and they have their own kind of initiation rituals that have to do with their, uh, religion and their values. And, uh, you know, obviously my, what I do is a little bit different. And that you know is an ongoing discussion that I, I have with uh, all of my brothers uh, involved. Uh, you know, what do we want from the next guy? What do we want? Uh, uh, what do we want them to have to experience? What do we want them to have to go through? What uh, what is really going to take this particular person to the next place that they need to go? Because I think our tribe specifically is very oriented in that way. Like uh, it's not about uh, uh, just like I said, hazing something to keep keep as a as a barrier to entry so much as it is to like. Uh, we also want you to continue to get better as you're in the tribe and you always be always trying to become better. And so the whole idea is like, what, what uh, hurdle does this person need to go through? Because it's different for every person. I think, uh, you know, it's, I think if you're dealing with like 17 year old boys, you know, and, and initiating them into something, you know, in like the old, like, uh, in in the way that they used to with like old, uh, like private schools and stuff in England and all that kind of stuff. You're these secret societies and so forth. If you're doing that kind of initiation, you're always dealing with the same guy, a very similar guy at the very, very similar place in life. But if you're initiating someone who's 30 or someone who's like 18, uh, they have a whole different range of experiences that they've have. And then you have to kind of process them differently, you know, and cause they have a different place that they need to get to. And then sometimes you have to process them the same because sometimes that's a cool experience too. But uh, I think that there's – everyone needs something different because everybody comes from a different place in, mo- in modern life because everything is uh, voluntary. 
Yeah, I mean, I really like that. You very rarely see that kind of approach, you know, the the different challenge to bring in the different person. It's usually the same thing. It's, you know, like for a sports team, for example, it's sing a song in front of the rest of them or, you know, these silly, like, dress in, like, a, as a, a Disney princess and come out drinking with the lads for, like, a rugby player and all these kind of silly hazing, but... There's nothing designed towards the person, their experiences, what they're seeking, what the group needs. So could we replace this with a sports team? You know, can we join a team or a group to get that? You know, or should we look to build our own, like you did, like our own faction or tribe or chapter? Well, a sports team is just about sports, right? So, I mean, that's uh, that's the thing is it's it's just about sports. And if it's about something else, then why not make it about something else? Uh, you know, it, it, you can obviously it, people do get a lot of brotherhood and so forth from being involved in sports things. And I think in other countries, they do that into adulthood more than they do in America. In America, you're done with sports, basically, once you're you've reached you've been through college for most people. Uh, and most people it's high school. Uh, they, they, they've, they, they, and I, and I understand in some other countries they have more like adult leagues and things like that, but that's pretty rare in America. Uh, people just start working and having their families and that's it. Uh, and they don't really have a lot of man time, which is, which is a huge problem. But, uh, I do think when it comes to sports, a lot of times, uh, that's the problem is it, it's just about sports. And there's not necessarily there's that inclusiveness again. And I think you guys, you have to have a bunch of people who share the same values as well. And the values have to be more than sports. I think at the end of the day, I think if you're all really about something, you really care about something. Uh, they have to be more than just sports. And I think that that's when you have problems with like people from very different backgrounds and and very who very different ideas of what is good in life. And uh, so I think that it's more important to find uh, some kind of uh, other thing to center around aside from, you know, whether that be just a selection of values or, or being like a religious thing, uh, uh whatever. But, uh, I do think that there's, you know, there has to be kind of a higher purpose, I think involved than, uh, just the, just sports. And the other thing about sports is in many cases, uh, a lot of people talk about, they have their tribe, like at their CrossFit gym or whatever. And I'm like, that tribe is that tribe costs you $120 a month. Mm-hmm. And when you stop paying, you are no longer a part of that tribe. So it's not a really good tribe. That is a commercial endeavor, you know, like that's, that's the commercial, that's a marketing thing. Uh, you know, your tribe, I mean, like obviously lots of tribes have dues and things like that. And obviously if you don't pay them, you're in trouble. But, uh, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of these things are really just commercial activities that they're making feel like a tribe. But, uh, at the end of the day, you know, as soon as you stop going, you're no longer part of the tribe. So it's, 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 a it's, I think a real tribe of people lasts longer than that. You know, like it, 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 it's, it's a, it's a whole life endeavor. Yeah, I mean that's definitely something you see more of now. You know, it's like, oh, I'm part of this CrossFit tribe. I'm, I'm part of this like group because I pay ten pound a month towards it. But you're not yeah. really part of it. You're, you're paying to be part of it. You're not earning your dues from it. So from your research of the books and history and that, have you noticed that this characteristics that you define in the book, um, are they the same across the world? You know, does masculinity or the opinion of it or what makes you a good man change like in Asia compared to Australia or 
Britain or you know does it are the characteristics the same for all men I I do think they that's why I tried to keep it really simple because uh, I think the simple core is always true uh, but I do think obviously there are a lot of cultural details that change from place to place uh, you know in terms of uh, an example I always use is like you know a kilt is just a dress in America you know <laughs> it's I mean it's I not a, you know I mean but I mean it's not it's like they're not you know but the reason why men wear kilts in Scotland is you know because for a specific reason. You know, and, and so, I mean, it's it's not it's part of their culture and it's part of their masculine culture. And uh, but, uh, you know, it doesn't transfer. You know, if you put on a kilt in America, you're just looking for attention. You know, that's kind of my feeling about it anyway. But, uh, you know, but in a, in a cultural context, it makes a lot of sense. And the same thing is true with a lot of details. I mean, obviously, you have, you know, like guys wear like big robes and stuff in, in other countries or like, you know, basically, again, like basically, uh, uh you know, like robes or whatever in, in other countries where we would not wear that. But uh, obviously there's their, their their idea of masculinity is actually probably pretty much the same. Uh, the only thing you, you run into confusion, I think, when you get to people to talk about like isolated groups and uh, matriarchal cultures, which aren't never really matriarchal. They're usually just defeated. And uh, like you know, they're like, well, they've become matriarchal. Well, no, you just defeated all their male gods. But uh, there's a lot of cultures uh, – out there in the world that where you uh, like priest cultures, for instance, like which is in which is a culture inside a culture, really. Uh, you know, like when you talk about priests or monks, then their idea of what masculinity is might be somewhat different. But I think if you look at the mainstream of that culture, and the average man uh, is going to have a very similar idea about what masculinity is to what the things that I'm talking about. Uh, like I said, the, you know, I think that the Chinese would also like to think that their men are strong. You know, I mean, that's that seems reasonable. Uh, obviously, there are other values that they and, you know, we have other values, too. But uh, in terms of, you know, are, is being a man still about being strong and courageous? I don't know. There are a lot of martial arts movies that make it seem like they care about that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's it's the same way. It's the same way, I think, all around the world. I think uh, the mainstream you know, of culture and the average man uh, is still going to think that masculinity has to do with, uh, you know, strength and courage because it's, it's part of him. I mean, uh, we've evolved very much the same way throughout history. All of us, uh, you know, we've uh, obviously there've been different you know branches of that, but, uh, you know, the, a lot of it's the same thing. There's still been wars throughout history in all these places and men have had to like be strong throughout history in all these places. And so those things I don't think have changed a lot. I mean, they're, they're changing in the way that people talk about them. Like I said, in the mainstream media, but the people who control the media are not average people, you know, like they, you know, in, in America, you know, the PD, people who write for a lot of these magazines and, and, uh, and, uh, who, the newspapers and the headlines that you see, I mean, they're very specific group of people who went to specific schools. They live in New York city or LA. They don't have an average American experience. They don't, you know, they, they are really in those places many times because they hate the average American experience. So they have a very specific agenda and a very weird skew on reality. I don't think most people like are as concerned about uh, you know gender equality really as as you would be led to believe by the news. Yeah, I mean that that was something I was going to ask you about was say if you go to a bookstore, magazine rack, what's your opinion of the way masculinity is portrayed in you know, like Men's Health, GQ? 
these sorts of things you know do you see a kind of a slant in the way it's portrayed do you see a kind of does it irritate you the way it's kind you know it's like you must have a 200 pound t-shirt you must have this boots you must have these kind of set characteristics um or do you think it's been warped the approach like what we should be as men like the way the media portrays it well there's two different things there in terms of like uh, like i would say magazine racks a I, I don't know how those things are still in business at all but uh just in terms of uh, who sits down and reads magazines anymore i don't think as many only when you're on a, you know in the airport or at a doctor's office or something but uh, i don't think a lot of people get them anymore so i, I always wonder how they exist but uh you know because people read most of their news online and i think that that's actually poisoned a lot of what you see in men's magazines and so forth i mean they really are absolutely and this is so sad ab- absolutely there's no difference between them and uh like buzzfeed like the kind of content that you're going to see the opinions you're going to see so you'll see these really anti-masculinity things in men's magazines uh really i mean like whether it's I mean, I've seen horrible things like ridiculous feminist stuff written in like Playboy. And, uh, you know, it's it's amazing to me that that stuff that men will sit and read that or or that maybe they're not reading it. And they just they're flipping through it, looking for the top 10 ways to, like, improve your pecs. And if if, if so, good on them. But, uh, you know, like it's I still feel like uh, you're getting this very weird perspective again from the same group of people because like these. Uh, you know, liberal writers in in New York and LA, or or in uh, in London or whatever, and uh, they have a very specific skew on what they're writing, and they have a very and they're trying to compete with BuzzFeed, and so they're going to create some kind of article that says something sensational that a lot of people disagree with, and then they get a lot of traffic, and then they get a lot of clicks, and they make more money, and uh, so it's just this kind of garbage culture that perpetuates itself. But uh, in terms of consumerism, which was kind of the other aspect of your question. Uh, yeah, obviously, I mean, men who don't know what masculinity is are, are more subject to being manipulated uh, in terms of what they think they need to be masculine. Uh, you know, what does a man look like? What does a man wear? Uh, I think uh, I think there are actually good answers to those questions. Actually, you can actually uh, a buddy of mine uh, named Tanner Guzzi wrote a book recently called The Appearance of Power. And if you actually understand what masculinity is, then you can actually look at, well, is this, is this about, uh, is this communicating what I want to communicate with, with, uh, with my clothing? Am I, is the inner me projecting, you know, outwardly effectively? And uh, I think that that's an interesting question, but as far as like trends and fashion, uh, I mean, that's just disposable culture. I mean, those fashion industry is based on throwing away things that you said were amazing last year. Uh, you know, that's kind of a ridiculous culture. But, uh, you know, in terms of creating things that are nice, I don't think it's terrible to have have or want or be advertised nice things. Uh, I like nice things. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, I, th- I think that you have to be able to separate that from, you know, it, does this does this uh, $65 pair of shorts that I just bought make me a man? Well, no, uh, <laughs> I don't have anything to do with it, you know, but uh, at the same time, you know, like I, th- I don't think those things are innately evil. I just think that uh, you have to be able to process that information better, which is why I think it's important to understand what masculinity actually is. No, it's it's great that you mentioned Tanner. I've actually interviewed him as well. Um, oh, okay. And I loved his message as well. It's, you know, the thing of it's not the clothes, it's the image, it's 
portraying you like the person and that's why i loved your stuff was the more i read it the more i understood it the deeper i could get into it and i could understand a lot more of it you know before it was difficult for me because i came from a place where you were taught you know not to be rough not to be physical to fit in not to out speak out when things are happening and that made me shy nervous i got bullied and things like that you know mm-hmm. how how do we grade masculinity you know what do you for those people who think men are just born masculine or not um you know people who say oh i'm gay um you know and they're you know can they be masculine there's these kind of silly kind of conceptions about things about masculinity can we always you know can we always develop as a person um you know are you masculine or not are there grades how you know how can we do this yeah, no, actually, I mean, that's why I like actually having set characteristics that you can create. That's one of the projects of, I think, of writing The Way of Men was to say, you know, if, I mean, I feel like I can look at the design of a, a coffee mug and tell you whether it's masculine or not. You know, like I think by, you know, I think that you can really look at things in the world and say, is that masculine or is that less masculine or, or feminine? Uh, and uh you know, it's it's like, what does this project? Is this like a, a to me a heavier glass is more masculine, uh, but it, it's just, uh, and you know you can argue about stuff like that because it's silly, but at the same time, as terms of uh, men individually, obviously, you know, we all get what we get genetically. Uh, you know, you you get you know, some, lucky you you're you're. You're six foot three, or maybe you're five foot three. You know, uh, uh, you know, maybe you're uh, naturally a little stronger, maybe you're naturally a little weaker. Um, but you know, we're all naturally weaker to begin with than we can be. And I think that that's an important thing to remember. It, it's like you get whatever you get masculinity-wise, and uh, obviously there's a, a spectrum. Like you said, there is there's a grade, and uh, but. To say, well, I'm not the most masculine guy in the room automatically by birth. And again, I don't even know how you would really know that. You know, uh, uh, you know, it's like, was the guy next to you like just raised more masculine? You know, like that's. Uh, yeah, but uh, obviously, there are going to be some things that are different between men, and you know, you're eventually going to figure out where you're at. But you're never going to figure out where you're really at unless you try. You know, and so you know, you can always strive to be you know, more masculine. You can always strive to be stronger, right? I mean, that's, I mean, at a certain point, there's diminishing returns. Like, I don't need to, I, I don't need to deadlift 700 pounds. I, I could probably, uh, I mean, I could probably train up for that, but uh, I'd have to devote X amount of things to my life to make that happen. And is that really a goal that I care about? Not really. So I'm good. Like, but I've, I've kind of gone up as high as I feel like that's, that's a good spot for me. And uh, the same thing is true of like a lot of things that are strength oriented. Like there's a there is a place with diminishing returns. And uh, the same thing is true of, of courage. It's like, well, do I have to show you how courageous I am every day? Or, but at the same time, I have to keep always check myself to be like, am I not doing that because I'm uncomfortable? Or, you know, should I push myself a little bit? Uh, you know, and I, I joke about it. Uh, you know, it's uh, all the time. Uh, you know, I, I have this you know, saying like life is conflict, peace is death uh, that I put on things and, and whatever. And, and uh, that's really popular with a lot of my readers. 
And, uh, you know, it's for me too. Uh, you know, it's like, there are times when I'm like, I just don't really feel like doing that. And I'm like, I guess I kind of have to, you know, I, it, I'd be better if I did, you know, and, uh, the, those are the things that you look in li- at in life be like, it would have been better if I would have pushed myself a little harder. And you want to have as few of those regrets, I think, as possible. I mean, you don't want to put yourself in the situations where you're going to end up in jail for no reason and stuff like that. But uh, at the same time, I think that you need to put yourself in a situation where you're going to face uh, challenges and risk. And I think that that makes you grow as a person. And whether that makes you the most masculine man who ever lived, probably not. But is it going to make you better and a better version of the best man that you can be? Absolutely. And I think that that's what your goal should always be. And why, why shouldn't it be that? So what should these challenges contain? You know, do they need a sense of risk? Do they need, can they be done by yourself or, you know, do they, should you do it with somebody else? Should it be physical? You know, do you have things that you think, you know, the challenge should contain X, Y, Z, or is it just a case of whatever is pushing you, you know, just the act of trying to become better? It's masculine. Well, well, I mean, I think, you know, you could try to become a better painter, um, but that's not necessarily about masculinity. You know, like, uh, so it's not just anything that you're not good at. You try better at it. You know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I, I actually like painting, but, uh, and I'm pretty good at it, but that doesn't make me more masculine because I can or cannot do that. Uh, I think that the things that have to do with improving your masculinity specifically and living a more masculine life do have to increase include what I've called in the book, the tactical virtues of strength, courage, mastery, and honor. And, uh, I do think that they, you have to, you know, whereas for certain people, they're going to be more, some aspect is going to be more important than another. Um, you know, like, you know, if a guy's grown up in a bad neighborhood and he's been street fighting all his life, uh, he probably doesn't need to challenge himself with courage constantly. Uh, he's probably there, you know, but, uh, it's also good for him not to maybe, relax on that completely. I mean, you still have to put yourself in situations you're uncomfortable with in that way. Uh, but at the same time, the guy who's never been in a fight and I'm not advising that people go out and get in fights because there are huge legal, legal repercussions for it. And, uh, it's not, uh, un- you know, unfortunately it's not, uh, necessarily even an honorable situation anymore with most people because you don't know someone's going to pull a knife on you. You know, it's not like, let's, let's put up our dukes and settle this like men. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's not real life anymore. So I I don't think, I don't really advocate for that. And also like, I'm an old enough man that I think bar fighting is kind of dumb, but, uh, you know, I guess it's cool when you're like 22, but, uh, I, I think that, uh, you do need to, if you've never been in that situation, I, I do think you have to put yourself in maybe controlled situations like that. Uh, you know, I think that it's really good. It's really good to get punched. Uh, I really think it's a good thing. It's, it's a good thing to know that you won't break. I mean, you might break a little, but <laughs> you're not going to, you're not going to die probably. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's a really good thing to watch people realize that like, okay, I can get punched a little bit. That's fine. Um, you know, like I'm not going to die. I, I, I need to be able to deal with this. And then, uh, uh, you know, I think, and, and the same thing Pete goes with like jujitsu and a lot of things that other people are into, like, uh, you know, it's, it's a good thing to be able to have that competition with other men. And that's why I do really think that it needs to come with that. It, we're so poorly socialized as men. I think most of us, you know, guys who grew up with a lot of brothers, I mean, that's awesome, but most people don't. And, uh, I think that, uh, I think men really need other men around them to push them. 
Like I said, they'll try harder. I mean, they men men are who are around other men, and it's it's biological. They will try harder if there are other men waiting there to shame them. <laughs> you know, they they will be better because they have to be. You know, like because no one wants to be the guy who sucks. You know, like so. You know, if you have any dignity or self love at all, you're gonna at least try to. If even if you're the last guy, you want to try to be the guy who he was last, but he tried really hard. You know, you at least want to do something, you know, like uh, you always want to put yourself out there. And I think that that's self-respect as a man. And I think that uh, you have to put yourself in a situation where you can uh, you know, really have to deal with that on a regular basis. I think that's that's important for most men. I mean, whether it be like I said, whether it be lifting, whether it be uh, I think physical things are very important because we lack them in modern life. I mean, that maybe that wouldn't have been the most important thing in a, in a scenario where, you know, you have to work on a farm all day and, you know, fight with guys all the time. But, uh, you know, I think the modern world, that's what we're missing. So I think that it's important to to access that part of who we are as a man, even if it's not necessary, uh, I think, because it makes you, it just makes you better uh, as a man. I mean, I really agree with that because I grew up with an older brother who was a lot bigger than me for the first 20 odd years. I grew up with cousins and, you know, you're wrestling, you're fighting, you're playing football and that. And then as I became like a grown-up shall we say okay you know you, you start working you stop going playing sports and stuff like that so you lose that and recently i've been doing brazilian jiu-jitsu for right. the last three months nice. and it's reop. it's made me feel more alive than i have in years you know the people choking you out the the skills development the like realizing you know like you said that we're not gonna break that re reincorporating the physicality of it and you know there's something about the band of like you know a guy you saying no don't choke me like that you know choke me like this or that's how you do it or right. somebody having to tap out because you're about to pass out yeah those are the things and you come and you know you want to hug the guy because he's re awoken you in a sense you know it's it's a strange I don't know how to describe it. It's a weird sensation. Well, yeah, we need that. Like that's what men need. That's when they're happy. It's like it's like when dogs play. Like they're they're wagging their tails while they're barking each other and, and fake fighting. Like they, they, that's this is what we need. This is what makes us happy. And I think that people who say that that's wrong are really trying to deny you something that is like part of really your well being. Uh, we need that. Now, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that I need to go out and uh, randomly beat people up in the street and slash their throats. It means that uh, you know you do need that male competition in your life. You do need that uh, that uh, the, the need to push yourself. You need that. You need that that pressure and that stimulus. Because I suppose it creates that environment because we've got all the food we need, all the comforts, and that you know it allows us to get that side of us out in a controlled environment you know i mean i absolutely love it and i've seen guys come of different cultures different sizes different starting points mm -hmm. and the change in them is just phenomenal I mean, it's one of the best things i've ever done you know but i also love the gym the you know the the tearing through a, a sticking point to hit a new pr yeah it's you you walk about another foot taller because of it yeah you know, why why don't guys get this you know is it is the government the society do they not want us to be men you know surely well, they would yeah. want us to be better 
No, they don't. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? 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 How do they benefit from us being awesome? Like that's I, that's uh. I mean, they, they don't. They 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 benefit from selling us shit. That that's I, what they benefit from. They benefit from selling us stuff and from us sitting home and being behaved. They, they want to be weak and behaved in your house in front of the television, buying things. That's that's the goal of government and corporations at the same time. That's all they want. Now, if they can sell you something that makes you feel strong, that's good. But they don't actually want you to be strong. That's 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 uh that's not the goal. They are they. Are, I would say that, they, and it's like a conspiracy. I just think that that's you know, it's it's just logical uh, from a commercial perspective. I mean, you being stronger is about you, and uh, you know what they want is is your money. So it's your money and your obedience is what the government and, and corporations want. And I think they're almost interchangeable really. But, uh, you know, it, and I think that for most people, I mean, and you're not going to get a lot of affirmation from anybody who is not doing the same thing you are. Anyone who doesn't want to be better like that is actually going to, uh, talk down to you and, uh, say that you're doing it because you're insecure. Well, they're secure with sitting on the couch watching TV. Or, you know, just being completely, you know, weak and vulnerable and whatever. And that makes them feel okay because they're supposed to be that way, right? But uh, I think that, uh, you know, you won't get support or affirmation from people outside those circles. And uh, that's okay. And I think that uh, that's the big struggle for people is that they want that affirmation. Like, hey, I'm making myself better. Don't you think that's great? And people like, it just makes, it draws other people's failures into sharper contrast. And so it's offensive to them. Uh, you know, if you're becoming better and better and better and they're becoming worse and worse and worse, they're going to find reasons to pick away at you. And you just have to ignore that and realize that, uh, the approval of people who are on the path in the same direction that you're going on is, is what really matters. And then you don't have to get mad at the people who aren't on that path. You can just kind of, you know, look down on them and disdainfully. I mean, is it, is it like the allergy, um, or the allegory of whatever it's called, the, of, you know, the crabs in a bucket. Yes. As, the, as they try to come out, they'll pull each other back in because yes. they don't want the other one to go out. Yeah. I love that so, one. Yeah, <laughs> that's most people all the time. Yeah. Because I noticed that nobody wants you to be different or improve or stand out. They, they'd rather bitch and moan at you or rather than use you as an inspiration. You know, they'd rather be jealous and sabotage and bitch about somebody who's who's going out and doing their own thing i mean i got some amount of flack from friends about the podcast yeah i started it because i was different i didn't want to go and sit in the same dingy pub and just drink the same shitty pints yeah right now it was seen as oh that's sad oh that's so boring that's weird now it's taken over the world podcasting you know yeah so how do you think we have to adapt to suit? Because, you know, society has changed a lot in the last 50 or so years. How can we deal with, you know, that, I mean, equality has really happened a lot and it's really improved society, you know, like it's, some things are not as male-dominated as they were and it's the developing, you know, women aren't just expected to be mothers and cooks and that, which is brilliant for society, but... How do we as men have to adapt to these sort of changes? Well, I mean, I think that one thing is th there's a fine line between uh, 
you can be too positive and you can be too negative. Uh, I think that I think that uh, there are some people who try so hard to be positive and so hard to uh, imagine that everything is under their control that they they like you can go out and find a woman who will cook and clean for you just like you know like just like uh, they did in the 1950s or you know just like they've always been expected to do and you can have this exact life that you think you want and I don't know that that's always true or it's definitely not true for everybody because the the amount of say there was women available to, to the men, you know, like it's not equal. And, uh, and so I think you have to be realistic about what's going on in the world and, um, uh, what's out there for you, you know, but, uh, at the same time, you, you also don't want to be so negative that you become, that you're, you have resentment really that you are like, well, I can't be happy because the world isn't the way I want it to be. And uh, and that's also kind of a, a, a black hole that people go down uh, once they realize that maybe they've been lied to a lot as they were growing up. And then they get in the negative situation and then like everything is nothing will ever be good. And I think that you have to ride right in the middle of those two things of uh, right between realism and uh, and, uh, you know, taking a realistic perspective on things, but also saying, hey, well, this is where the world is. Like, let me find the best way to be who I want to be and to have the people in my life who are doing the things that I enjoy. And, uh, you know, how do I really have, you know, the best life I can have and the most masculine life I can have in this particular instance and uh, be the best version of myself that I can be and recruit people who are also kind of on that same mission, Uh, you know. And so, you know, it the role of women in society, whatever it means, it's, it's changed in many ways, not for the better. And I don't think it's better for women in many cases either. Uh, they just kind of, you know, pretend they're happy with it in one aspect and then complain about the other. But, uh, I think that, uh, uh, you, you can't really let that control your life either. You know, you have to just, uh, realize it is what it is and move forward and, uh, you know, try and have the best life you can have. So would you say then that it's our duty to become the best men that we can? You know, can we get to a point where we've gone too far masculine? Should we always maintain some sort of, I don't know, is it feminine traits or energy? Or, you know, how do we keep a healthy balance in all this to avoid becoming the stereotype jock? Well, I mean, the stereotype jock, keep in mind, is, is a fiction. I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, obviously we've met that guy. We've all met that guy. But uh, I mean, <laughs> the idea that if you do these things, you will become that guy. That's fictional that it, that it, you do not have to you do not have to actually become dumber as you become more masculine. That is not a rule. Uh, you, you can still be just as smart as you always were and be masculine and smart. You, know, you can still be creative and be masculine. In fact, that's a lot of what I'm writing about now is that, you know, masculinity and creativity going together. Uh, you can still do – you don't have to – if you weren't a dick, you don't actually still have to become a dick. You know, <laughs> you can actually be – you can still be a reasonably decent guy. Uh, I love that. Yeah, I mean it, there's no rule that says you have to go from from uh, you know, maybe being a less masculine man to then becoming a, a, a dumb – the dumb jock who you hated in high school who probably isn't like that anymore either, although he might be because sometimes they never really grow out of that. But – uh, I mean, I think that uh, there's I – mean, you look at all these great men in society who were like 
you know, uh, great writers and explorers and, and warriors all at the same time. Uh, I mean, that's the goal, not not uh, this kind of like one dimensional thing that's really just kind of a trope uh, in uh, in teenage movies, you know. But uh, I think that I don't think it's your duty to anyone. I mean, I think that society is it's not your duty to society because society absolutely does not want that from you. They do not want you to become more masculine. That's 100 percent. They've decided that. Uh, ask the U.N., uh, the, United, the United Nations does not want you to become more masculine. They've been very clear about that. Uh, the same as things that most governments and their health organizations and all that kind of stuff. They they would prefer that you just, you know, like become more like a woman as fast as possible. But uh, if you want to become you know, more masculine, I don't think it's your duty to society. Uh, I think it's your duty to yourself uh, if to, to, you know, be the best version of you that you can be. And, and that version being a man is what you are. You are a man. And if you can be the best version of being a man, that is better. And I think that that is your duty uh, to yourself. It's not your duty to anybody else. If you get in a group that demands that of you, that's great. Uh, then it's your duty to them. But, uh, you know, it's not your duty to like any kind of, you know, larger concern because, uh, you know, uh, most people don't really want that. Uh, so, I mean, it's your duty to yourself. Because that's the thing, if I called this interview, you know, Jack Donovan on how to become more of a man or something like that, it would bring up a lot of negative connotations in people where we've seemed to be, not brought up, but we're kind of pushed now into believing that it's a bad thing to become a man. Well, they have you know? daddy issues, you know? I mean, like, that's the, that's all daddy issues is it, it, like, uh, like if someone tells you to be more of a man, that there's so many people who have that trigger that's like, don't tell me what I have to do, man. You know, like, there's so many people who get so riled up by that, like, don't tell me I'm not good enough. You know, it, it's, it's this, it's this teenage daddy issue thing that a lot of people have. And they, it's been reinforced because, you know, women will say that that's the, you know, that you're being fake by being more masculine because they don't understand what being a man is because they can't because they're women. So, do you, I mean, do you see an, an issue with so many guys not, you know, the guys are shirking their responsibilities as fathers, you know, single parents and that now? Do you think, is it creating a, a problem in society that there isn't the, you know, the father pass on traditional skills and what it is to be a man and that sort of thing? Well, I mean, that's a two-way street. I mean, a lot of people want to blame men for them, men for that, because they don't want to blame women. Uh, I mean, in relationships, I mean, there's two people involved, and uh, you know, like uh, single mothers aren't saints. In a reason, in a lot of reasons, in a lot of cases, there's a reason why they're a single mother is because no one can put up with them, and uh, you know, it's and because they're incorrigible and they had they treat like they act like princesses and they have expectations that aren't realistic, uh, but. Uh, and that's not always the case. Obviously, there are a lot of guys who are just jerks. And I mean, uh, there's people who come from single house families, and they're some of the nicest people in the world. And then there's <laughs> the the exact opposite with a great family, you know? Yeah, yeah, what? it's 100 percent true. But I mean, I think that the generally speaking, I, I I can't see how it would be good for good for men or even most people to not have fathers around. Obviously, that's pretty shitty. Uh, that's I, I think you know having a good father figure is. And, and and for women, too, I find a lot of the most balanced women have had strong father figures. The most, like, self-assured and less hysteric, least hysterical and crazy women have had solid father figures. 
And I think that, uh, you know, like, I think it's good for everybody. And, so, you know, everybody kind of loses by not having dads around. But at the same time, society is what it is. And, and uh, you know, you can't expect to have these, like, idyllic households that really came from a society that had completely different expectations and, you know, completely different, you know, access to safety nets like uh, welfare or whatever and all these things. So it's uh, – you can't force men to – pretend that they live in a, in a fantasy world and stay with, uh, you know, uh, crazy women just be to, to, to support children. But at the same time, you can't, uh, uh, you know, it, it would be better. Yeah, obviously. So how do we as men make sure that, you know, we're good fathers, how we're giving a good examples to our kids or we're being great uncles for our nieces and nephews. You know, how do we make sure that we're fixing the BS of today to make sure that the next generation are going to be the best they can be? Well, I don't get into parenting because I'm, I'm not a parent. Uh, but I mean, obviously, I think that the leadership is about leading by example, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's, if you're actually the kind of guy some, who's worth looking up to, I think that that's a lot better father figure than, uh, uh, a guy who, you know, isn't, uh, you know, so I really being the best version of yourself, uh, and pushing yourself and not being a victim and not being a whiner. And, uh, you know, that, that has always been an inspiration to me. Like, uh, my own father actually, uh, he had polio. Uh, when he was a kid, like uh, very young, he got it right before they invented the vaccine. And, uh, wow. so, so he's had a limp like his whole life. And, uh, so he's like technically handicapped. Uh, but because of that, uh, one positive influence he's had on me, uh, throughout my whole life is that, uh, when people ask him what happened, he could play the victim role and then get a lot of oohs and ahs and like, Oh, that's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He tells people he was in a car accident. Um, okay. cause he doesn't want the sympathy and he just wants yeah. to be a regular guy and, uh, he just wants to be judged on his actions and not because he has some handicap or whatever. Uh, and so that's something that I really respected that came from my father is that, uh, you know, no one wants to hear about, I mean, actually everybody wants to hear about your problems cause then they can commiserate with you. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't have any value. I think it's much more impressive to be judged by your actions and uh you know what you've actually been able to make with your life despite your disadvantages um yeah so so i mean you have like such a an amazing kind of way of looking at things and you know your books are brilliant the i didn't know i noticed some negative comments shall we say on the on some of the, like the Amazon reviews, you know, possibly by people who have not read them. For example, some guy said the was it, the attack on masculinity goes hand in hand with a worship of weakness. You know, do you agree with these sorts of things? I mean, how what do you say to people who say, oh, but what about feminism? Oh, that's just guys being jerks. You know, how how do you deal with? Do you bother trying to show people? what you're doing or do you just go well that's their journey i'm focusing on myself 
Well, I mean, when it comes to like negative Amazon reviews, I think I have a, like an obscene amount of reviews just generally, and most of them are positive. But uh, so I don't really worry too much about those anymore. I think when it first, well, that's what I did. Know, I did. Yeah. That's what I did notice. You had so many more positives. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, there. And, and the thing, and there are people who just don't like, obviously, my message and maybe probably, you know, a lot of them haven't read anything. A lot of people, I mean, I had an instance recently where someone like was totally against me even being in the same room with them and they've literally never read my work they just heard that i was a bad person you know and so like i mean people are hysterical and ridiculous but and so you can't really give that too much credit and uh i mean obviously there are legitimate criticisms of my work although i think i've thought of most of them already that people often think they're telling me something i haven't thought of and no i have uh, in many cases, I mean, I, I did I did a lot of reading on feminism before I you know, wrote started writing about masculinity, and uh, so I I know what they have to say, you know <laughs> I already I already know, uh, they're not going to tell me anything that I haven't heard before, and uh, so uh, I came to my conclusions knowingly and not just because you know like I heard that from my grandpa or something, and uh, so I don't worry too much about that, and I think it comes back to what we've been talking about throughout the show is that. Uh, you know, you can't expect affirmation for people who are, who are on the same mission. And uh, obviously, they're going to people who people who feel better. It makes them feel better if everybody around them is weak, so they want that. And uh, it makes them feel, you know, if they challenge themselves, then they have the possibility of failing. And most people are, aren't comfortable with that, you know. And uh, so I, I don't. I mean, obviously, there are you know tons of criticisms that all of us some people can make out of any of us. But uh, you know, you have to. I think. Uh, really you know just focus that out you know like uh, put that out of focus because uh what matters is the people who really get what you're doing and uh you know when they have something to say like oh i wish you would have said this or i mean that's who i want to listen to you know when someone who like likes 90 percent of what i'm saying and said have you hey have you ever thought of this that's that's the guy i want to talk to i don't want to talk to like you know some guy who the like read a headline about me and decided to write a negative review or something, you know, those people's opinions don't matter. I mean, so how do you overcome, if you're a guy listening, how do you overcome jealousy, bitchy and these kind of things? You know, how can we maintain the mental strength to focus on our own journey that, you know, to understand that it is okay to be, want to become a better guy, that it's not a bad thing, that it's not, you're not a jerk for wanting to go on this kind of path of discovery and become more masculine. Well, I mean, it's about self-awareness really. I mean, you have to be, be self-aware. Uh, do you think you're a jerk? I mean, do you think it's right? That's the question that you need to ask. Someone else says you're a jerk. Am I a jerk because someone else thought I was a jerk or am I being a jerk? Mm-hmm. Cause, cause you could legitimately being a jerk. Like, like, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think I always have to ask myself, am I behaving the way I want to behave? You know, is this, am I being true to, especially as a writer? I mean, I've written down what I believe. If I'm not doing it, I'm kind of a shitty person. So, I mean, I try to, to the best, uh, within reason, to the best of my ability, do the things that I have put out there that I think other men should do. And I think, you know, if you, if you say you believe in something, um, you have to continually, and it's an everyday process of measure your actions against uh, your beliefs and uh, you know am i being consistent uh am i you know am i showing integrity in what i'm doing and and i think that uh as long as you're doing that i think that that that's that's how you deal with all that you know outside disapproval and 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 also just 
you know, self-questioning. I think that, you know, I think that you, you know, as long as you're, you know, am I still being consistent? I think is the, is the, is the question you have to ask yourself, is this what I want? Is this what I actually believe? And am I being consistent with that? And is that a way to measure success? You know, is that how you know you're developing that you can say three times out of five, yes, I am. Then the next month, maybe you could say four times out of five or, you know, what kind of ways can you say I'm developing? How, what should we look for as we're going along the path for, yeah, are there signs? Is it just an internal self-awareness feeling, or do we start seeing changes in our own lives? You know, of like, was there something in that that mimics the journey that you went on? Like, do we start seeing the way people treat us better, or do you know what I mean? Is there is there signs external or internal that we should look out for on our, on our journey to know we're getting better? Well, I mean, I think a lot of that's measurable. You know, I mean, you can tell when you're getting better at something. I mean, obviously, like if you're lifting weights, you can, you tell when you get better, you know, yeah. you know, you get stronger. But I mean, I think that the really exciting thing that happens, uh, two things, and maybe you don't always get one. I, I kind of do, which is neat. Uh, like, um, I'm kind of at a place where I am kind of who I always wanted to be and maybe better, which is great. <laughs> it's a neat thing. Now, could I become even better? Well, sure. You know, like, and uh, not that I, I'm just not saying that I'm the best. I'm just saying, like, in terms of what I expected for myself in my life, am I, you know, have I gotten to that place? Am I self-actualized? And I would say, to a certain degree, yeah. And uh, that's that's really satisfying. I mean, but I'm I'm not done, so I'm going to keep pushing myself to be better because, of course, I always can be. And you know, the billions of guys, you know, millions of dudes are better than me, and uh, at, at any given thing that I like to do and would like to get better at. But uh, at the same token uh you know the other thing is like uh when you surprise yourself and that's the most exciting thing i think uh when you become good at something that you didn't think you could get good at or that you finally start to believe in yourself uh and not just push yourself to believe in yourself because that's a different thing but uh like i had happened with my my assistant and it's like, yeah, really you know one of my best friends uh and he's a younger guy and uh, we've been doing boxing and stuff like that. And I could see it's like three weeks ago, the, the the switch flipped from I really want to get good at this to like, I think I can be good at this. <laughs> you know, the, and he started to like believe uh, in himself. And that was the fucking coolest thing to see in the world. And it was so exciting. Because I think I'm on that. I'm on that journey just now, that moment of I want to get better. I'm seeing it gradually improving, but there's still so much to do, and that's part of the fun. There's so many, so many things you can change. You know, I I love the kind of the message you're putting out. I mean, we've been talking now for over an hour, like an hour and five minutes, and it literally feels like ten minutes. And I feel like we've only just scratched the surface from this. But you know, I appreciate you're really busy. But what what do you want people listening to this to take? You know, is there a an overarching message that somebody listening should remember or a mantra or a focus for their, the next year or so, or what, what would you want somebody listening to, to go and do or to listen or focus on? I mean, I think, you know, it just comes back to the, what we've been saying, you know, like uh, about the challenging yourself and putting yourself, uh, you know, trying to be, if there's an ideal version of yourself that you're trying to become, uh, why aren't you taking steps to make that happen? 
And uh, and that's going to involve you challenging yourself and pushing yourself harder and and going out and finding other men, uh, you know, to, who will push you. And uh, you know, and, and but uh, you know, if you get to a year from now and you haven't become more like that guy that you want to be, uh, you're doing it wrong. So, is it an unusual fact? I mean, I lo- I love asking guys about this, but I normally say, what's an unusual fact about yourself? that anyone hearing it would be glad they waited till here. I mean, is there, what's, for you, I would say, what's the least masculine thing about you, you know? Are you feminine in any way? Do you have a a leaning towards, like, a a particular feminist thing? Or, you know I mean? What's an unusual thing about you that people would go, wow? Well, I sure as hell wouldn't tell you. <laughs> I'd be keep it secret, keep it safe. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. i trying to think. Was there a way I could yeah. say that? I'm, I'm probably just going waffling even more here. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, I, I'm not a really big fan of people like uh, you know, like because it's it's a very hipsterish thing to do. You know, like 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 uh kind of laugh i mean i i laugh at myself and my close friends know that there are things that i do that they're like i can't believe he does that but uh you know at the same time i mean i think projecting that to the world i mean you're just there's there's that facebook culture of like like isn't it funny that i'm a failure or isn't it funny that i'm goofy in this way you know and i I don't know i'm just not uh you know like when we talk about the stuff i put out there i'm like only victory (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and there's some things too i mean i, I would say that like uh, as an older you know as, as someone who i felt like has proven some things in, in my life like uh, uh you know i allow myself things like i'm like i'm not worried about this you're like uh th- i enjoy this this is fine i i don't care i mean uh, i mean because people have all their you know they're all their little weird cultural things that they think are masculine or not it's like uh, like i don't drink whiskey i drink vodka i will drink whiskey if i have to but i I'm a, I'm a vodka guy. And, uh, you know, there's certain things. It's just like, uh, you know, like I'm a great cook. You know, people would say that it's feminine. I would, I'd say the best cooks are actually men, so whatever. But, uh, you know, I'm, I, 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 I know how to uh, – I like cooking fancy food. I don't do it very often because I'm on a very strict diet all the time. But, uh, you know, I'll cook some you know, impressive shit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, I tunnel tons of little things in life. You know, I mean, I, I went to art school, so I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty artsy guy. So, uh, I mean, uh, I think that, uh, you know, but the, you know, you don't you know, go out and tell people about the, the, the really embarrassing song that you like in the world. You just keep it to yourself. <laughs> oh, if you've seen my iPod, you'd be shocked. <laughs> but I think that's the thing, you know, you can make anything your own. So that becomes masculine because you're being yourself. Um, you know, I have to tell you, when I first started seeing your stuff, mm-hmm. I felt like, I don't know, was I maybe just in that mindset of like, oh, you know, this guy's a jerk and oh, look mm-hmm. at this, this manly stuff. But as I became, as I developed myself and I became, I actually was open to it and I realized the message you're putting out isn't just about, oh, guys, guys, guys. Yeah, you were actually, there's a lot behind it and it's, there's a lot more to than the stupid headlines that you sometimes see in the negative press. Yeah. And that you're changing lives to better, and it's and it's amazing, and you know you're trying to just bring us back into it, and you're not trying to make us like women have their place in the kitchen, you know, you're not going down that road again. You're just making men better, and it's an amazing mission that you're doing. Um, you know, for I could talk to you literally for another couple of hours. I'm enjoying this so much, but 
how can people keep in touch you know how can we buy your books find out about your latest projects your how can guys get in touch and come is it wolf dung am i saying that right Volgang. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, do you? How can we become part of your chapter? Is, do you offer that kind of service? Do you coach? What What can we do to keep in touch with you? No, I, I don't do any really coaching and, and things. I feel like if I, by the time I've written that much, I should be writing a book or something, you know. But uh, I try not to get into long conversations, telling people to live their lives. Uh, you know, if I have something to say, I'll write about it. And so, uh, in terms of, uh, uh, obviously, my website is jackdashjonovan.com. Uh, websites are kind of business cards now, so I don't put as much uh, content on there as I used to. Uh, but you can get to my books through there and uh, and uh, see kind of the latest news. And I have uh, you know uh, mailing lists and things you can sign up for. Uh, eventually, I think I'll probably do a subscription service, uh, so I get to do more fun things than you can put on social media. Uh, but uh, that's that's uh, probably six to eight months down the road. Uh, the, the most fun I have on social media is uh, my Instagram. Uh, it's at start the world. And uh, that is uh, kind of, uh, you know, we, I, I think images are really powerful and I, a really powerful way to inspire people. And, and it, it gives me a way to kind of put things out there in the world without uh, writing a whole essay or, or whatever uh, right now. So I can work on my book. Uh, so I really enjoy that. And, obviously have a, a, a kind of clothing line that goes uh, along with that, that I work on uh, as well. So, uh, I mean, all that comes through Instagram. That's the, I'd start the world in my company uh, at brutal company. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's really the main things. I don't really use Facebook cause I just feel like it's more people bitching at each other than I can handle. I just, uh, but, uh, but, uh, anyway, so that's, those are the main sources. I think that people can, uh, can, uh, follow what I'm doing, uh, at, I mean, that's uh, I mean, you're, like your Instagram, for example, your mess, your images, and just the short messages really makes you think. And if you're open to development and being better and finding the real masculine self, I think your stuff is amazing, and it's definitely something everybody should follow. Um, I really cannot say thank you enough for this. You've made me a true fan because at the start I was like, mm, you know, I was kind of into it. I understood it. And now that I see the message behind it, and I think it's something that a lot of guys need to know. Yeah. You know, it's something that we've lost in society and it's it's not a bad thing. We need to rediscover it. Yeah. Is there, I mean, the floor is open to you. Is there anything you'd like to mention? Have you got any upcoming events? Um we are, when can we expect the new book, etc.? Uh, I mean, not really. There's, uh, like I said, uh, Instagram is kind of my main thing, and and I'm always looking for more followers on there, and and uh, who are inter- my, interested in what I'm doing. And then uh, obviously, uh, I, I am working on a book. I think it'll come out in the middle of mid or the you know end uh, of this year. Uh, that's I was working on it today a little bit. Um, and uh, kind of a sketch for the book, I would say, is a speech that I recently uh, delivered in uh, Orlando uh, for uh, something called a 21 University. And so I think if you go to 21 University or 21studios.com or just go to my website and I think it's the first uh, blog post that they have I have there in, in my journal section of my website, uh, there's a link uh, to uh, this uh 21 studios that put a lot of content out for men and, and, uh, self-improvement, uh, for men. And, uh, there's a speech, a, an hour long speech I gave recently that I'm pretty proud of. 
so that's that's been uh, out just recently. So you have to kind of sign up for their trial to to see it. But then you, if you don't like their site, you don't have to stay on there. But uh, uh, I'm really kind of excited about that speech and it's about uh, nobility and masculinity and, and Nietzsche and it's I, I, it's uh, one of the better things I've done so well I'll definitely be including a link to it it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you you know you're changing lives and I can't thank you enough for taking part um, I'll send you the links etc when it's ready and you know I truly mean it. You've, you know, you really should be proud of what you're doing. It's amazing. I'd love to have you on again because there's so many things I want to focus on, and I think we just scratched the surface today. I hope it's been as enjoyable for you as it has for me. Absolutely, man. Thank you. I'd just like to say a massive thanks to Jack. There, his interview was great, illuminating, and it certainly opened my eye to look at things in a different light. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to support us please take five minutes and go onto iTunes and leave a review. Every review keeps me motivated, keeps me passionate, and it helps me attract future guests and a bigger audience to keep developing this podcast for you, the listener. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit that next level in your life.